Welcome back to what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. I'm Vincent Lancey, speaker and author of the book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption. Want to know what it's really like to be an entrepreneur? Well, you came to the right place. Whether you're already an entrepreneur or looking to start your journey tomorrow or just someone who needs a little extra motivation to get through the day, this is the perfect podcast for you. This is the place where you will learn exactly what it's like in the world of entrepreneurship and hear authentic stories of entrepreneurs grinding on each episode. My goal for this podcast is to help you realize that giving up is never an option. If you missed the last episode, be sure to download it after you tune in today. Before I introduce my guest, I'll share another entrepreneurial journey to inspire you all. I will now introduce the story of Jeff Smith, who is the co-founder of Smule, and I found this article over on Forbes. I chose this article because he's a career entrepreneur and there's a lot of lessons because he's been running his own co-founded business for 24 years and actually sold one to Google. I thought this was a good point to include because a lot of you listening and learning entrepreneurship and think it could happen overnight or so short term, but he's been working over two decades to finally find one company he wanted to hold on to. And now he's the CEO and co-founder of Smule, which allows users to create and share data to connect through music. The article calls Smule a, quote, testament to the intrinsic human love for music, especially when the power to share and collaborate is placed in our hands. And at the time this article was written, it said Smule has grown close to 70% year over year for seven years. Something else important to everybody listening is consistency with your product and being able to pivot. The article, I'll end this right up with the article even talking about why he hasn't sold this business. And he said simply, it's special because he's raised over $75 million from investors and hit a hundred million run rate in sales with 1.5 million paying subscribers at this point. Thomas, what do you like best about his grind? Well, what I like about that is that he focused on one thing and stuck with it. You know, I'm always struck when I hear people say, well, yeah, I'm a serial entrepreneur. I've, I've done 40 or 50 businesses. And it's like, no, that's a serial killer, not a serial entrepreneur, right? Um, it's, you get the idea and you've got to bring it. Um, bring it to fruition. And here's somebody that, you know, is really passionate about what he's doing. Uh, he realized that if you work like a dog for years and years, uh, sooner or later, somebody will recognize you as an overnight success. I love the way you put that, you know, trial and error, failure, finding it, taking a piece of that failure, apply it again, keep going, keep going. And he finally created something. I was pretty astounded by the numbers. I mean, on average, it said the community will play 20 million songs per day, and this article is a few years old, so I'm, I'm sure it's quite high now. Yeah, and it's, it's interesting. There, I had not heard of Smule before, but there you go. And, you know, they've got a uh, you know, $100 million run rate. And so you think about it, I'm going to see him a year from now, at, you know, when it's $200 million run rate and go, wow, he's an overnight success. I never heard about him. Well, there's clients that were with him uh, on the, uh, the first million that say, oh, I remember then, or investors that say, I remember when. You know, I love this part of the show because I learn something new and I get to teach hopefully my listeners something new. You know, every different industry I learn, like for this show, I bring on as many different industries as I can because the perspective you can gain in entrepreneurship. You never know we're going to get that golden nugget. But that voice you all just heard, that's the sound of today's guest. And no surprise here, I met Tom through networking. Tom is the CEO, or as he says, Chief Evangelist Officer of Interview Valet and founded this company back in 2014. That's right, 2014. So today I have the honor of interviewing a podcast pioneer. 
a little bit about his company, Interview Valet is the leader in podcast interview marketing, where they use targeted podcast interviews to talk directly to your ideal customers. It's a full service package over there, Interview Valet, as they take care of everything but the speaking. Podcast guest appearances are a cost-effective, fast, and scalable way to reach your ideal prospects. Tom has found that traffic from podcast interviews convert 25 times better than blogs. So this is an important episode for you all today. Interview Valet goes beyond just making a connection between the host and guest. And allow me to now introduce Tom Schwab. Tom, thanks for coming on my show. Vincent, I am thrilled to be here. Great. Tom, would you mind please previewing your story just a little bit before we get started, but don't give too much of your entrepreneurial journey away. Sure. Well, I'm, uh, I'm here in Kalamazoo, Michigan, halfway between Detroit and Chicago. So that proves that if I can do podcasts and podcast interviews from here, you can do it from anywhere. And to me, while we'll be talking a lot about, you know, the new technology, the new fun things, uh, I really think this gets down to the, the, the basics, right? Business is about solving problems. It's about building relationships. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly believe that the biggest problem that we have today, Vincent, all of us, is obscurity, right? There's millions of people that could, you could help right now with your product or service. You don't need to change anything about it. The only problem is they don't know you exist. They would love to work with you to give you money, but they don't know you exist. And today, you know, everybody talks about breaking through the noise. Uh, actually, I think that's laughable, right? We're just, most of us are just adding to the noise. And to me, it's much, much better to get in on the conversation, to get introduced by uh, a friend of theirs. And that's the best way to build a business. And I think podcast interviews is an easy, scalable way to do that. Yeah, I love and warm referrals. At first, when I started this show, I used my network and I started networking, DMing crazy on LinkedIn, Instagram, which is great because, you know, you play the, the rate, you message 10 people, maybe get hit back by two or three, but then you get the warm referrals like you're talking about, like you were, where you know it's going to be a good client or, you know, friend to have on my podcast. You know, the value is there because you trust the source. Exactly. And, uh, you know, often today it's always bigger, bigger, bigger. Well, bigger's not better. Better is better. And uh, I would say most entrepreneurs don't need a million customers, right? And right. so with that, they sure don't need to reach a billion people. They just need to reach, what was it? 10,000 true fans, I think is the, is the classic article. Just, yeah. just find 10,000 true raving fans. You'll have a huge business. I love the way you put that, Tom, and it's a great way to get into the big five. On each episode, my guest and I will go over these five questions to help you, the listeners, learn what it's really like to be an entrepreneur. You ready to go? Yes. Great. So when did you realize that you weren't happy with what you were doing or that you just needed to make some kind of change to truly start this entrepreneurial journey? Well, I think happiness is a choice. So I don't know that I could say I wasn't happy. But I realized that what I've been told was a lie, right? I grew up uh, in the Midwest, working class family, and the whole idea of security was to work for a big company, to get a, to get a stable job. Uh, my first job out of college was running nuclear power plants in the Navy. I graduated from the U.S. Naval Academy. After five years when I said, yeah, I'm going to leave the Navy, my dad called me a dang fool, but I said, this is not for me. This does not energize my soul. It's hard on my family. And he's like, well, just all you got to do is put another 15 years and you can retire. 
So I went from there to a Fortune 500 company and the same way, right? Get a job with a big company and you'll be secure, you'll be stable. Well, I told him that I was going direct full commission sales and then he called me a dang fool or words to that effect. And so I was happy at each one, but I realized that when I controlled my own destiny, when I had multiple customers, I was the happiest. And the true job security came from me having not one employer, but having lots of employers that I could call customers. You know what? Do you follow your passion? You know, I was a similar boat. I was in these financial firms and it was great earning that money right away. But if you apply that passion that you have for your own business, great things can happen. Like look what's going on with the Juby Valet. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so you're in your 2014, you started this, correct? Correct. What's been the biggest progression for you? How, I mean, cause you can walk us through pretty much the start of podcasting. Well, it, I wasn't there from the very beginning. You know, you can look at it when they were actually downloading it. I think it was like more like 2004, 2006, but it, it hadn't gotten big. And I think actually when we started, I'm like, oh, am I starting too early? And really it wasn't until probably 2000, oh, probably like 18, 19 that it started to take off. But I think what was good is that we got to learn the industry. We got to come up with the, the systems and to scale it. Uh, to me, the hardest part of this business was scaling it because the businesses I've run before were more e-commerce. Okay. Build a machine. And then you just add the fuel to it. When you're doing more of a service-based business, it's like raising a child, right? Uh, you got to do everything for it at the very beginning. Uh, then they start to do things, then they regress. And, but at a certain point, you know, um, it's like your business looks at you and says, um, can I have the keys to the car? And would you get out of the driveway so I can get on with my life? And that's why I call myself chief evangelist officer. I've got a great team, 19 people now. Uh, they do um, Remarkable. Their, their stuff and all the rest of that. I don't have to babysit. Uh, my job is to evangelize for our company, for our team, for our clients, and for the industry. Uh, so uh, for me, that, uh, that scaling was definitely the, the biggest challenge. Yeah, but in that role, what are you thinking one or two of the most difficult parts of being an entrepreneur are for you? Um, yeah, and so for me, um, I would say the biggest problem that I've ever had as an entrepreneur is the SOB that I work for, <laughs> right? Um, this is the guy that cancels my vacation at the last minute. Um, he doesn't celebrate my wins and he's always pushing on to the next thing. So often I have to think about that is that, uh, you know, if I was working for myself or if my boss was like this, I would quit. So I have to remind myself to, uh, to celebrate the things as you go along, um, to realize that this is a marathon, not a sprint, yes. uh, that working um, 90 days in a row from sunrise to sunset uh, does not get me going, get me there faster. It just gets me in the grave faster. So often, um, as entrepreneurs, right, we put our head down and we just start working. And what I realized is that if I would pick my head up and reach out to my team, reach out to other people that had resources, not only did it work better, I got faster results and I had a lot more fun with it. So from that, I think um, going from the entrepreneur perspective of um, it's all me to saying, how can I get a team to work with this? And then enjoying the fun, the, um, the, the, uh, the path along the way. Uh, you know, it's not uh, 
a lot of people never get to that finish line. I don't know when the finish line is for this company. Uh, <laughs> I just want to make sure that every day that I'm enjoying it, because if I don't enjoy it, it's my fault, right? I ran the company. I designed the company. Um, if it's, if it's bad, I, I'm the person to complain to and change it. I love how you put it. I feel the same way. Now I'm making, I'm, pri- I'm more conscious of setting my break times because like you said, you put your head down and you could work 15 hours, 16 hours and you won't even know. <laughs> yep. So I got to make sure, but that's a great one. And I agree with you. You're your own worst enemy. Give us one more tough part of being an entrepreneur for you to relate to our listeners. Um, I think the other thing too, is that myself personally is feeling the weight of the world on my shoulders, right? Um, it can be a lonely place and you can start to, to go inward and say, uh, it, it's all on me. But the truth is, is that when things are going great, it's not all you. And when things are going bad, it's not all you. So I think stepping back sometimes and, um, and taking that third person view on it. And that's tough. Because, you know, when people say, well, business isn't personal. Well, when it's your own business, it's personal. <laughs> yes, I can agree with that. Certainly along this whole path you've had, maybe it's business related, maybe it's not, but what would you say one of your greatest failures or lessons learned is, and what did it teach you? Why is it still uh, yeah. stuck with you? Um, and I, I always say that sometimes um, the greatest mistake, uh, you keep making that, especially in times of stress, right? You go back to what you know. And growing up, especially, you know, going to the Naval Academy, um, I felt like I had to have all the answers. You know, I had to be the smartest person in the room. So I had to figure out all of the problems. And I think once again, going to stress, um, when I, when I feel pressured or when I feel stressed, I always think of what do I need to do or what ideas do I have? And as I've gotten further and further along in my career and in my life, um, I've intentionally stopped and reached out to my leadership team, to other people to get their ideas. Um, uh, my business coach taught me uh, years ago, he said, you're paying these other people for their, for their minds, right? So you speak last, ask a question and get their input. And so not only that, do I get sometimes better answers, I get different answers, but I'm also growing the team, growing the leadership. So um, once again, it sort of goes back to, uh, it's not all on my shoulders. We're in this together as a team and, um, and uh, asking people. Absolutely. We're on this earth to interact and connect with each other. And sometimes I'm blinded by, I'm always blinded by my own light. You need other perspectives because just if you think something's good, not everybody thinks like us, we're all different. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm a big collaborator. And for 2020, I made a goal of me is like the year of my collaboration where I try to connect and learn from as many people as possible. And having someone like you on the show, I'm learning so much through my podcast and our conversations prior. Mm-hmm. So I'm really enjoying that. On uh, the podcast community, how, when did you, what size company were you, you know, maybe five years in for maybe a few years in, how, how have you grown? If you could share that. Yeah. So we were, yeah. Yeah. About, uh, about five years in, we were a seven figure company. And with that, um, I wanted to make sure that it was continual growth. And if anything, um, I've seen a lot of companies that uh, will be fast up, fast down. Um, and I never wanted it to be where we grew so fast that we lost the quality uh, with it um, because that's your reputation. That's one thing that you can never get back. Um, so we were made sure that we always were growing substantially and then also growing 
faster than the market, right? There's a lot of people never, uh, especially this isn't as funny today uh, now that we're sort of in a bear market. But I remember somebody telling me years ago that um, never, never confuse genius with a bull market, right? So when podcasting is growing um, and your company is growing too, it's not because you're a genius. It's the whole market's growing. So we always looked at it and said, how fast is the market growing? And are we growing faster than that? I love the way you put it. Learning from entrepreneurs, checking out the market, staying with the market. If you could choose to have a conversation and learn from any entrepreneur here, Tom, dead or alive, who would it be? One of my mentors that I learned very early on, a guy by the name of John Brown. And people go, who? Well, John Brown was the CEO of Stryker, uh, Stryker Corporation, which is now a, a Fortune 500 company. And he took it over in the early 70s when the founder, uh, the founder's son actually died in a plane crash. So uh, John Brown took it over, came to Kalamazoo. His wife was a school teacher, um, never moved out of the house that they bought there. And he grew that company. And it was the first company that grew 20% year over year, continually for 20 years. You know, wow. he took it from a company that was in, uh, you know, tens of millions to a billion dollar company. And I think one of the things I, I, I knew him when he was toward the end of being a CEO, but uh, I would love to have the opportunity to sit down with him and said, what did it look like when it was a $10 million company? Because um, I always, you know, look at myself and say, I know I can run a seven-figure company. I hope that I grow enough to run an eight-figure company, right? And so what did it look like for him to start in an eight-figure company and just 20% a year? That means Amazing. you're doubling the size of the company like every three and a half years. And you do that for 20 years and you get a billion-dollar company. And he was the same, same man. Uh, you'd see him driving around uh, Kalamazoo uh, in his green Ford Taurus. And it's it. funny. to this day, people don't know who he is. But if you look on the Forbes richest list, uh, he's above the Ford, uh, the Ford uh, family. I think that's amazing how you mentioned that he's still driving that car. Kawhi Leonard in the NBA, I don't know if you're familiar, won the NBA championship and he was still <laughs> driving his, his old car. Because they, it's, it gets you from point A to point B. You know, at the end of the day, if you look at it in that perspective, can't argue it. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the same way. He, he always, uh, his uh, wife was a school teacher. Um, they lived in the same house. And, um, you know, uh, it, wasn't, it wasn't important to him, man. Uh, you don't have to be flashy in Kalamazoo, Michigan. Absolutely. But now you have all this going on. Your company's growing. I'm curious to see if there's anything else in mind. Where do you see yourself and your entrepreneurial endeavors in the future? Let's look one year and five years. One year from today. What are we seeing from Tom? Yeah, so I want to continue to grow and double down on what we're doing. Um, I believe on, you know, uh, Mike McCallowitz called it the pumpkin plan. Uh, when people say, could you do this? Could you do that? Could you help us produce podcasts? I'm like, yeah, probably could, but that's not our zone of genius. So I want to keep doubling down on that. I see there's opportunity in other languages. Right now, we're just doing it in English. Well, not everybody in the world speaks English, you know, Spanish. That's very um, visionary. I like that. Yeah. Well, and, and I started to talk about that last year and somebody looked at me and goes, you don't speak Spanish. I'm like, so I can learn. And guess what? There are people that are bilingual <laughs> yeah. and what we have here could be used for other languages. And, you know, more people in the world speak Spanish. 
than speak English. I see um, that as a big thing. I think that could really take off. So that's something that we're looking at uh, on how to do that. But we want to make sure that we've got it in the um, in the same quality. So I would I say like in that. five years, I think you're gonna when you're gonna go to interview valet, uh, you're gonna pick what language you want to work in there too. I mean that'd be huge, and I mean to scale that, I mean it it has a need in every language. It's just I guess how do you attack that need? How do you fill that need? Mm-hmm. Any, I mean. That would be crazy. I mean, because I think once you open it up to Spanish and you see the retention from that new market, what would be the second language if you had to pick one more? What would be next up? You know, I would let I would let the market uh, dictate that. Love and it. really, why I say Spanish is because um, I think Spanish podcasts are probably three to four years behind English podcasts, you know, no disregard or anything like that to, uh, to that part of the world. But I think they're going to, we're going to see great growth there. Um, and then I would see what other ones are in there. Um, I believe China or Chinese is probably the next one after that. But, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, there are more people listening to English podcasts in China than there are in the United States. Come on. So, uh, Himalaya shared that, uh, that information. So, uh, I don't know. I, um, wow. I got an opinion. Uh, I let the market tell me what the answer is as a smart businessman, but Thomas, thank you so much for coming on today. I know our listeners are going to see all the value in your show today. I like how you ended with the big vision, how coming soon, it might be multiple language, kind of like a Rosetta stone for your, for your, uh, entrepreneur to choose a hometown guy. I love that. And I really enjoyed how you said, you put the team around you because you credit the people around you. And if you ask any successful business owner, really, they're going to credit their great team because you could be a Tom Brady, for example. And if you don't have the correct team around you, like last year, you don't have it. So I love the leadership there. And you also said, enjoy the fun that you have along the way. I think that's very, very vital towards any business owner's workday productivity, mental health, and enjoyment. But it's time for the last word. Is there a time, is there something you want to share with everybody listening on today that we didn't get to touch on yet? Yeah. And it's, uh, it's, it's something that's near and dear to my heart is that what's ordinary to you is amazing to others. And what you have learned could really help a lot of other people. And today it's never been easier to do that. You know, um, being a podcast host, being a podcast guest, leaving a Facebook message, doing that. And so I would just say that, you know, um, we're blessed to be a blessing. So if you've been blessed to learn things, uh, make sure you pass that on to other people. What's ordinary to you is amazing to other people. And if there's any way that we can help you at Interview Valet to get that message out as a podcast guest, we'd be happy to talk with you and see if podcast interview marketing might work for you. And it's a perfect time to ask you to please share your professional social media, your website, or ways for listeners to request these services, follow your endeavors. Oh, yeah. So I'll make it easy here. I know as you're <laughs> listening to a podcast, um, you're not writing everything down. So, Vincent, we'll make it easy. Let's just go to interview valet with a V uh, dot com forward slash Vincent. And everything that Vincent and I talk about will be here. I'll put all my social media there, um, I'll put a copy of my book. Uh, podcast guest profits. I sell a whole lot, but I give away a whole lot more. Um, that'll be there and all my contact information. So you don't have to figure out which Tom Schwab in Kalamazoo it is. You can just go to interview the forward slash Vincent. 
Thank you for sharing that, Tom. And I'll be sure to post that on my statuses and in the episode by uh, episode description. But be sure to also check out the show on Instagram and Facebook and LinkedIn at your favorite morning podcast. And we're on Twitter at Podcast by Lancey. Of course, my handles are at Vincent A. Lancey on all social media and YouTube. And my website is VincentALancey.com. Be sure to check out my book, Left for Dead, A Story of Redemption on Amazon now. But be sure to DM me or email me because I want to hear what you think. If you enjoyed today's episode, please continue listening and rate what it's really like to be an entrepreneur five stars. I work hard to find value delivering stories for you on each episode. And as always, I will end the show with a quote that inspired me and know it will for you too. This one is from Jeff Smith, founder and co-CEO of Smule and today's entrepreneur lookup. He said, culture requires more than a vision and values. It requires complete alignment on your team to those values. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you all on the next episode of What It's Really Like to Be an Entrepreneur.